I want to know if they're saved and I want them to come with me. I want them to know me and to know that I am that light just like I knew who I could go to. The tricky part is, and I fall prey to the fear of man more than the fear of God, is I don't want to push him away. So I'm always looking for strategies and things. And at the beach, one of the ways I found, because we had a trailer at the beach for five years, was I told my neighbor as he was talking about his wife's gay nephew, was, you know, there's nothing more than I like to talk about than the Bible. And if you ever have any questions or you're not sure about it, please come talk to me. I just, I, I love talking about it. It's, it's, it's full of so much good stuff. And I left it at that. Okay, now he never came and talked to me yet. We're still in contact with these people. But he knows, and it's been that seed has been planted. And this is what I try to do in my neighborhood. I, we have a, a fall barbecue where we get all the families together. Yeah, not everybody's Christian, several of them are, but I'm always focusing on the ones that I want to influence. Sometimes I wish I was more bold, sometimes I wish I was more brave, but I'm at least focused that I'm trying. The last thing, I used to give a loaf of bread and a, and a cutting board to everybody that moved in. Now I give them a three-ring binder, because when you buy a new house, you, you uh, get a lot of owner's manuals and things. So I put the dump hours in there, the town office hours in there, and then um, we got that new Welcome to Faith Community Bible Church. I popped that right in the front cover, and I said, oh, hey, by the way, this is where I go to church. It's right down the street. It's real friendly. Because it was a lady, Santa Claus was being delivered in a helicopter at the big Southern California mall where I was an officer at. And we're, we're shooting the breeze while Santa's landing. And, and she says to me, she says, um, you should try coming to my church because our music rocks. Well, I was raised Catholic. Church music rocks? That, that, just, that just didn't, that didn't mesh. Well, then she told me where she went to church was the place where I saw my niece do a little dance recital. It was a huge church with stadium seating and big, you know, stuff up here. Um, uh, and I went, oh, I know that church. So guess where I went on that December 1999, I need God. That's where I went. So in, in, to me, inviting people, letting them know who you are, um, and the family that's coming tonight, the, the, Greg's father passed away uh, a few days ago, so we thought it would be nice to have them over for a barbecue just because they traveled all the way back from Pennsylvania. So that's, they're, they're my target, they're my little mission field right now. And Cash, their nine-year-old, well, one of my mission field, Cash, the nine-year-old, at Christmas, I'm, done, I'm out of time, Christmas, um, Pastor Josh gave out these uh, Storybook Bibles for kids. Well, Cash is also in the Cub Scouts, and for one of his badges, he had to read um, uh, Bible verses and stories and things. I watch Cash for Greg and Stacy when they have a snow day and it's a delay because I can take him to school. He brings over the book that Josh gave him because I invited him here for 
Christmas service. And he brings it over and he's reading this, this book. And I'm just, my heart's just swelling up, right? So out of this whole book, out of this whole book, you know what question he, he brings up? What story he brings up? He brings up the bleeding lady. <laughs> you couldn't could have brought up Jonah and asked your mom about this, but I'm not going. Anyway, so my, my thing is be it be a safe place to land, focus, you, you've got a sphere of influence, um, and as much as I love small groups, I'm kind of on a sabbatical from small groups right now. God's working on me on that, but um, because the tension that I have, that Glenn and I have, is if we spend a lot of time with our Christian brothers and sisters, that's time I'm not spending with the unsaved. So, you know, I, some of the others probably have that idea. So I'm just trying to bring them into my sphere and mind using my back patio and, and ways to do that. So, anyway, that's it. Last Sunday school class this coming quarter. Gracie and I are going to teach class together on hospitality and using your house as a gospel witness. Right. Kind of bring people in. So yeah. all those tips and tricks that she's done, real practitioner, would love to do it. Gail, would you pray for her dinner tonight? Uh, with Cash, Stacy, and Greg. Greg. Greg, Stacy, Cash. Yeah. Uh, you know Cash, Stacy, and Dave. Thank you for your presence in their life. At the time, you know who they are. You know what they do. We're praying that they're going to receive Jesus as their Savior. Lord, we thank you for Glenn and Francine. What a testimony. We know you're at work. We know that you, they need prayer. And we just pray that this is going to be a very important thing. And that they will always know that they are the one. Jesus is the real one. But he has us work. Well, we also have uh, Bert Kerf. I wanted to bring up a friend of ours that uh, has recently retired this year and to speak about how God is using him in that transition. And, uh, and so I wanted him to share that. We're a little bit out of order. Francine needed to get to that dinner. And so Brian Heath is graciously going to switch swaps with Francine on the order of service if that is what you need to make sense of the evening. Uh, that that's what happens. So thank you, Brian. This is Bert. Thank you, brother. Hi, church family. And I think they want to record you, maybe, oh. or or at least. Oh, that, that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? They don't want to record you. <laughs> okay, short and sweet. Uh, after I joined, uh, retired in early March, I knew I was going to be retiring, and the way I wanted to uh, share the gospel and uh, glorify God was through service to my community and, and people around. So uh, one of the first things I did was to start going to um, volunteer at the Loudon Food Pantry. And I've been doing that for quite a few years now. And um, get an opportunity to, to share, just let them see what's coming, uh, what God's doing in my life. So uh, get an opportunity to share with them. I've also um, volunteered at Karenet, God put that in my heart because it's just the, uh, the thought of somebody coming in and wanting to take that other option, just uh, anything I could do to get somebody to uh, try to keep a baby. Uh, so I just wanted to help any way I could. So the, the way they wanted to use me was um, 
they moved into a new building and they had a lot of need for uh, changes because it used to be a, uh, uh, a hair, was it a hair salon? Um, so God used me by uh, improving my drywalling and cabinet hanging skills there. So um, anybody who has uh, uh, door hanging skills would be uh, the next project, so you can come join me anytime you like. Um, one last thing is my wife and I have been discussing, there's a, uh, um, I think it's a mission in Concord, and they bring in people, homeless people who don't have to be sober to come in, and they, they, they have people that, they want people to come in and stay overnight, um, which is gonna be a challenge, but my wife is still thinking about it, and I pray that God will um, bring her along with that, because that's something I'd really like to do as well. But, um, my biggest mission is my family. Uh, now that we're saved, uh, but it's been rainy camp at my house all summer, and um, just getting to know the kids, and after all these years of shift work, and getting to learn how to live with my wife, um, that's the biggest mission. So if you could pray for them, and me especially, um, that would be awesome. Thank you all. Prayer for Cheryl. Cheryl. Your wife and first Sure. Lord God, we just uh, thank you for for Bird and his uh, attitude of service. Lord, we just thank you that he's willing to uh, reach out to the least of these. Lord, we pray for his his family and, and the new life he has. Lord, that the, that the transition would go well and that you would be glorified in all the things that happen in Bert's life. Pray that we come alongside him and, uh, and help him as much as we can. Praise you for your blessings of Jesus. Bert is also a great student of Scripture. Actually, went through this Old Testament panorama of the Old Testament book that Jeff Owen loved. And this is kind of heavy, kind of deep, a lot of, a lot of work, but his part is to help ground anyone else in it. So there are the different people that we kind of pointed his way for maybe discipleship, different men that have had questions that aren't believers, but kind of has that desire to give a clear, intelligible, rational defense of the faith, and then to walk with you through it. If you have somebody you think that would be a good fit with, Bert has been wanting to do that, and just different guys that we've nudged, you know, on their end that just hasn't been, they really wanted yet. Uh, but if you know of anybody else that wants to be discipled, Bert has opened up his heart and his mind and his head to do that with you. Recently just finished uh, when people are big and God is small and thought that was helpful and the other one was big God, something like that. Big God. It's big God. And, uh, and so just been an encouragement to hear how God's working in him. But I think that's good teaching. I'd love to or at, at least walk in it through with somebody. I'd love to hear him share more. And look for a small group. Anybody who thinks I'd be good fit. All right. Half season fishing. All right, let's stand and we'll sing a song and then we'll hear from Holly with work camp and then shift with our sermon. Anybody have one in mind? We can do 497. All right, let's stand. We'll do 497. I want to give all the glory to God. I will praise Him.
When I saw the cleansing fountain open wide for all my sin, I obeyed the Spirit's wooing when he said, Wilt thou be clean? I will praise him, I will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. Verse 2. Though the way seemed straight and narrow, all I claimed was swept away. My ambitions, plans, and wishes at my feet in ashes lay. I will praise him, I will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. Thank you. Please be seated. Holly Testerman has been our intern this summer. It is coming to a fast screeching halt around August 16th. We have loved her wit, her energy, uh, her investment, and the things that she's wanted to do, not all of which has materialized, but one of the great things that she was able to do was serve at uh, Work Camp New England and wanted her to be able to share about that and uh, her time with really being a... uh, a great leader for our young people. Jim Batchelder said he couldn't have done it without her and Hannah, and um, man, that was just a blessing. So, Holly, was, there you go. Sorry. Thank you. Holly has done a couple things for us that I've asked her to do that has she's done with excellence, but she's done interviews with some of our people to help create that culture of care, knowing who they are, how they're gifting. Uh, she's led us in congregational prayer, uh, which was one of my ideas uh, sometimes as well, just to lead us in hearing how to pray with uh, God's kingdom in a Christ-centered prayer through our prayer requests. She's read scripture reading for us in the service. It's just been a treat to have her. Thanks for all you've done. We're going to miss you soon. <laughs> All right, so the first um, testimony they have to share is actually not mine because um, we really wanted to hear from some of the students that went to work camp. Um, Unfortunately, neither of the FCBC students that went there could be there, but Christian Allen, because he is an awesome dude, um, wrote down his thoughts so that I could read them to you guys. So um, I I sent him some questions so that it was easier for him to write down answers. Um, But my first question for him was, um, what made you decide to go to work camp, and was it the same or different than you expected? And he says, I wanted to go to work camp because I like how work camp serves the community and because I like to serve also. The experience was as I expected, but this year was different for me because I went to a different community um, with different people and had a different job. I think Christian's a returning student. I asked him if he had any experience with the types of home repair projects he did prior to work camp, and he said no. Um, He cited a house. He's never cited anything before. Um, So, yeah, we can use you on surf projects, even if you don't know. Um, And I asked him, you spent a lot of time this week caring for people outside the church. How did you do that, and what spiritual fruit did you notice? Um, And he says, we served a lady and her daughter. I believe she was teenage ish age um, and cared for them by making their house look more finished by completing the siding the fruit in the experience was that the resident's daughter had patience with the chaos of the crew um, people unknown to her coming in at 8 a.m and working all day on the house Um, 
And then I asked, you spent time this week caring for people on your work team and in your church group, and what are some ways you cared for your teammates? He says, I cared for the group and team by praying for them each night and by spending time together at the evening sessions and writing care cards for each one. So one of my favorite parts of work camp um, is there's a wall outside the cafeteria and it has envelopes on it. Um, Everyone has an envelope with their name on it. Um, There's a big basket of index cards and pens. Um, And every night people sit down and spend time um, intentionally writing care cards is what we call them specifically to each person that get put in their envelope at the end of the week um, you can read through all the cards in your envelope and how people encourage you during the week Um, it's super awesome and super special to get to read um, people just encouraging you and and how they've been praying for you um, and interceding for you that week Um, I really like that part Um, I asked him how were you cared for this week and why was that encouraging to you And he says, I had a crew member named Gary who helped me crank out and finish the siding project in a day and a half. Um, It gave us both a sense of satisfaction because we had completed the project that we'd started together. Um, The prayers from others was also encouraging to me because I knew they cared about me. So that's from Christian. Um, He and some other FCBC kids and kids from Cornerstone Church um, were on our team and they worked um, super hard all week long um, without complaining Um, they were real troopers Um, so now my testimony from work camp this is going to be a wild ride (laughs) so um, I am 20 they don't give you I signed up as a leader but they don't give you your own work crew you're not in charge of a work crew until you're 21 which is great for me because I know nothing about home repair at all ever um like if you tell me what to do I can probably do it and I'll work really hard but I'm not an expert um (laughs) so um we get there on Sunday afternoon Sunday night um work camp people come and pull um three of 20 year old girl leaders aside and say hey so we know that we said that we wouldn't give you your own crew because you're not 21 yet But we had some middle school boys on their signups say that they were 55-year-old men. So we're down three leaders. (laughs) So you guys get your own crew. Congratulations. And we're all like, oh, (laughs) yay. Um, So there were three crews that needed leaders. Um, The two two crews were going to be... and so, so just to give you guys kind of context, so you go, you go to work camp with your church group, and there are leaders from each church group that go to work camp. So, but for the work crews um, that go to work on each house, it's teams of like between four and six kids and a leader, um, and you are randomly assigned from churches. So it's people that you don't know, but you're working together for the week. You build bonds. You study the Bible together. You. Um, you're a witness to your resident together you worship together um it's really cool that they do it that way but you don't know who you're working with um so there were there were three crews that needed leaders two of the crews were going to be on sites that were they were going to be sharing sites with other crews because they were bigger projects which meant that there was going to be another leader on the other crew that probably knew what they were doing um so the other two girls were like we really want those ones we're not comfortable on a crew by ourselves and i was like I can improvise, just 
Put me where you need me, and we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> so I get put. <laughs> this is a good story. You tell. <laughs> so, so I get put on this crew, and I'm just told you're just going to be painting a trailer home. It's a super small project. You'll probably have younger kids because it's just painting. I'm like, cool, I can paint. Um, so Monday morning. Uh, the kids all load up in the car. They all grab their tools, their snacks, whatever. Um, I look at the address. It says 45 Second Street. I'm like, cool. Plug 45 Second Street in the GPS. I'm like, nice. It's only three minutes away. 45 Second Street, Groveton. We pull up. It's a trailer home. I'm like, cool. Knock on the door. There's no resident there. They probably have work. So I'm like, okay, guys, let's load out. You know, let's get started. Um, so <laughs> you guys know what's coming. <laughs> So these kids are working so well. Like, I am so, so proud of them. They're painting, you know, they're working really hard. They're staying at it. And I'm like, wow, we're going we're gonna to finish this house, like, in one day. <laughs> I'm like, well, we probably need some ladders so we can get the top of the house where we can't reach. So I call um, our, our work camp guy, who's kind of our support person, and I say, hey, we need ladders. He goes, I left you ladders at the house already. And I said... I don't see any ladders. Like, there aren't any here. I don't, I'm, there, there are no ladders here. And he's like, I'll check on that. <laughs> and 15 minutes later, I get a call, and he's just laughing. Because I painted the wrong house. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was 45 Second Street, Lancaster. Not Groveton. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> So I, I have are those, because I, I have care cards, just index cards that I brought with me so I could write if I had a break. So I left an index card by their door that said, I am so sorry. <laughs> Here's a number you can call. God bless. <laughs> sorry. Um, was it Was it? It was, <laughs> it was vinyl. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I know nothing about home repair <laughs> at all. <laughs> My cool, it's a house, we're painting it. Um, <laughs> so, so we get in the car, and obviously the kids are like kind of frustrated that they had this, this dorky idiot leader who <laughs> told them to paint the wrong house. Um, and I'm like, okay, guys, so, so we're going to pray about this, because God is going to use it. We're just going to, because we know he is, even if we don't get to see the end of it, right? It there's going to be fruit that comes out of it. Um, so we prayed about it on our way to the other house. <laughs> so, um, so I had an awesome team. Um, they worked super hard um, most of the time. Um, and we actually ended up, so we painted the wrong house, and then we painted the right house, and then we went and helped the team paint another house that was also the right house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I did improvise, like I said. <laughs> um, so, um, where was I? So, <laughs> so, uh, um, so the work camp, like the work camp people, the people in charge, um, went out to the house to talk to the resident, single mom. Um, so, so her siding um, only went up to like twelve inches below the roof. Um, and it kind of looked like they had like tried to like keep finishing it, but maybe the project hadn't gotten quite done for whatever reason. Um, so they said, "We're sorry that we had this idiot leader paint your house the wrong color." Um, 
and or paint your house at all. So we will reside your house and we'll finish it all the way. So we'll leave it better than we started for free. Um, and so the resident was cool with that. Um, she appreciated it. Um, so they went, um, the team that they sent to go do that went to take the siding off the house and the wood underneath was so rotted that you could like stick your finger through it. Like it was like a sponge is what they said. Um, because so the vinyl siding wasn't done all the way and then whoever did the windows didn't seal them right so the water was just dripping in and like rotting that wood away um so the resident was able to make a donation um that was still less than the cost of the um supplies let alone the labor um and they actually were able to replace the wood underneath the siding as well as the siding um which would have been a really expensive fix, um, a really hard fix, um, had she found it later. Um, and again, single mom, um, not a lot of money just laying around to fix emergency house problems. So, um, so God did use it, um, like we prayed about it, which was really awesome. And I think, um, especially for the kids too, um, they were really, really they they were really good sports on Monday. Um, but they were really frustrated um, that we had painted the wrong house. But I think it was it was really encouraging to them um, to see that God can use people who don't know what they're doing and just improvise. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you um, in case, you know, there are a lot of surf projects that go on. And if you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, you can't screw up as bad as I did. So um, <laughs> you can do it too. Um, you can also paint the wrong house. Um, and God will use it. So, anyways, thank you. <laughs> that was a great story, huh? <laughs> Here's as good as other boys up here. Would you mind praying for Holly and her trip back to Jordan? Your blessing of her uh, internship with us? I'd like to praise you for the way you work. Chris, I need to start with an apology. I know this morning you were promised the, the longest sermon ever. Uh, and you were going to probably get a little extra sleep, but that's not going to happen. Maybe we'll get you home so you can get some sleep. Uh, this is my sermon is test, uh, named Yes, I Will, A Transformed Heart. When Josh texted 
to ask me to preach at Snow. My first thought was, I have yelled at Snow. I might have even cursed at Snow, but preach? No, I can't. <laughs> Familiar reasons were running through my mind, uh, through my brain. I am not comfortable. I am not good at speaking in front of others. I don't know enough scripture. Then I took time to pray about it, days actually, without responding to Josh. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, 7. Uh, <clears throat> I finally arrived at yes, I can, but that only answered the question, am I able? Uh, then I changed the way I was thinking about the question. Being obedient came to mind. What if God had laid it on Josh's heart to ask me to share with you? Soon after, Josh texted me again and pointed out that he had never gone so long without a response text from me. This text came just as I had picked up my phone to respond to his inquiry, yes, I will. At the same moment I came upon the revelation of my answer to Josh, I realized that God had revealed to me the reason for the sermon, anxiety and its uselessness to the Lord. Anxiety and fear are tools of Satan used to keep good men from sharing their faith the way God intends. My initial thoughts were because of fear of man and not fearing the Lord as instructed. Another example of, of fearing the created in disobedience to fearing the creator. It occurred to me that I had gone through this process more than once before and it should have taken me less time to respond to Josh. It is actually a privilege, an honor, and an actual miracle to be standing before you tonight. Uh, let me pray before uh, pray for us before undertaking barking. Lord God, please bless those who hear the following words, which I ask to be your words, not mine. Please let them be heard clearly, and let them be accepted by receptive ears, open minds, and loving hearts. Please have them be impactful and useful. You are a loving, sovereign Lord. Thank you for your word, which inspires in the book they are written in so that we may always remember. Thank you, God, for using imperfect people to achieve your perfect goals. Thank you mostly for your son who died on our behalf. It is in his glorious name, Jesus, that I lay this before you. Amen. A little more history on what has brought me to stand before you tonight. Three years ago, I was an unsaved, self-reliant individual and a dear close friend attacked my pride, insulting what would turn out to be my number one idol, my wife Monica. He defended his actions using scripture. This burned inside and is a story for another time. Coincidentally, at that time, we were searching for a church, ultimately finding FCBC. This was the beginning of the transformation of those three little word, negative words of inaction, no, I can't. First, reading the Bible cover to cover, no, I can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Forgiving my dear friend who had wronged me, no, I can't. 
Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Next, baptism and testimony. No, I can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Marriage small group right out of membership class. No, I can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Uh, next, the biweekly men's Bible class at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> no, I can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Converting to a weekly men's Bible program at 6 a.m. <laughs> with scripture memorization. Definitely can't memorize scripture. No, I can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Go on a mission trip to New York City with open-air campaigners? No, I can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. No, I could not. Due to the gift of three broken ribs two weeks, two weeks prior. Tonight, I want to share with you to not act due to the fear of man is useless. To act for fear of God is useful. There are examples throughout the Old and New Testament, so many so, I surely will miss some that may come to your mind. Most famous example, Moses. In Exodus 4.1, Moses is saying, No, I can't to the Lord. Then with several signs, the Lord shows Moses what he can do using him. Still not convinced, Moses is arguing with God nine verses later. Then in Exodus 4.13, God is angered with Moses' request. Please send someone else. God offered to send Moses' brother Aaron with him to assist with the public speaking. With this, Moses realizes, yes, I can. And then in, in 418, Moses has reached, yes, I will. And the rest of that story is, as they say, ancient history. It is not only men that are called to act. In the, in, in the book of Esther, the king through Haman has decreed a day for the elimination of the Jewish race. Mordecai asks Esther to speak to the king in defense of the Jews. She initially answers, no, I can't. I will be put to death. And in Esther 4.14, she, she arrives at, yes, I can. And in four, by 4.16, yes, I will. Next up, Jonah. Called by the, the Lord to go to Nineveh, Jonah, Jonah with a resigning, no, I can't, goes the other way. In Jonah 1.9, Jonah states that he fears the Lord, the God of heaven, but not even the threat of death got Jonah to yes, I can. Three days in the belly of a fish, fearing eternal separation from the Lord, got him to yes, I can. The fish regurgitates Jonah, and the Lord asks Jonah again to go to Nineveh. This time Jonah answers, yes, I will. In Acts 9, 10 through 17, a disciple named Ananias was told by the Lord to visit and minister to a man named Saul of Tarsus. For fear of this man, Ananias is at no, I can't. A few more words from the Lord, and Ananias is at yes, I can, and by verse 17, yes, I will. How about Paul himself? I'm sure there was only a, a second of skepticism when he was told he would be preaching Christ crucified. But he was at yes, I will with a vengeance and was boots to the ground doing as he was instructed and never looked back. How about all that Jesus did without questioning the Father? No fear of man there. A split second of doubt at Gethsemane, then instant fear of the Lord, 
Not my will, but your will. A final yes, I will that has changed lives forever. Uh, finally, a parable from Jesus' mouth. The parable of two sons, Matthew 21, 28 through 31. The parable of two sons. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which did the will of his father? Through his word and his apostles, God called upon his disciples to act. Now he calls upon us. How will you respond? The Bible is full of caution about trusting man and self, and there are countless verses telling us to fear the Lord Almighty. Here is my caution. It is okay to have a little doubt, but if you stay at no, I can't, and never reach yes, I will, you will be left in a state of wondering right up until the return of Jesus Christ. Another caution, not from Scripture, nonetheless well written, a quote from D.L. Moody. If you don't go to work for the Lord because you're afraid of making mistakes, you will probably make the greatest mistake of your life, doing nothing. Thank you very much. over witnessing, over, over sharing their faith, anything, but, but sharing my faith publicly. And uh, to see this many young people uh, and Jim go and share in New York City was a blessing to Richard and Diane. Uh, but Christian, you're going to go first after all? All right, thanks. Hello, everybody. My name is Christian Davis, and I'm one of the ten people who went on the trip to New York City for five days working for Jesus. In case you didn't know, Mr. and Mrs. Burley uh, organized and led this trip for God. So uh, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Burley, and thanks be to God for uh, getting us there and getting things done. Um, can I just say the trip was an awesome learning experience. We did a lot of different things, from helping out with the VBS every day and sometimes teaching a lesson or doing a Bible hangman to handing out tracts to people we'd never seen before and probably will never see again, to talking to people about what they know of the Bible and who Jesus is. Every day we did children's ministry in the morning and then adult ministry in the afternoon. I got to meet so many enthusiastic kids at the VBS that we helped out with and definitely made some friends with playing any number of games, soccer, basketball, or baseball, or a mixture of three at the same time, sometimes without meaning to. I got to teach a lesson one day for the VBS, and it was definitely very enjoyable. We went down to the subways of New York City a couple times to hand out tracts there. Most people wouldn't accept one, but when you have uh, huge crowds of people coming up and down the stairs, even a small part of them is a lot. 
Altogether, we handed out what was likely thousands of tracts. Only about a tenth of the people took a tract, but can you imagine if one-tenth of the people who took a tract read it and came to Christ because of it? That would be amazing. The other very interesting thing that we did was the street ministry. Mr. Burley and a couple of his friends that he had in New York set up a lesson on the street and just began to go through it on a busy sidewalk. Not very many people stopped to listen, but as I said before, when you have thousands of people go by, even a small part of that can be a good number. At the end of every lesson, we were supposed to choose somebody in the watching crowd to discuss the lesson with. This was both interesting and terrifying at the same time, but I can say I definitely gained a lot of boldness that week. What was probably the most interesting about the entire trip was the encounters with religious people. First was, with my, friend, first was with my, when my friend Nathan was handing out tracts and was accosted by a Jehovah Witness. I was not able to be there for the conversation he had, but Nathan and this man went back and forth for around an hour, each defending what they believed. That same day, Josh Platt and Nathan were confronted by a black Hebrew Israelite. I didn't know these existed, but um, if you want to know what that is, you can ask me after. And I was able to listen to this very riled up man try to explain to Nathan, Isaac, and I that we were um, doomed without any chance for salvation. And then, later in the week, Josh Platt again talked to a Jewish man who also angrily tried to explain how we Christians were wrong and how he was right. Unfortunately, very little headway for Christ was made with those three situations, but not only was it a great chance to learn about other religions and what they believe, it also gave us incentive to find the best ways to dispute their claims and show them from the Bible how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for all nations. I still remember Isaac uh, late at night telling me, oh, guys, this is, would have been the best verse to tell that guy earlier, like three or four times to that night. And we were, Nathan and I also, and Josh was even like, we were picking out verses that we could have used right then and there. And so it gave us reason to research that and be better prepared for the next time. Oh, and did I mention that there's also sightseeing? <laughs> I'm not big on cityscapes, but if you like seeing towering buildings and regal statues, including the Statue of Liberty, New York's the place for you. There are a lot of cool things to see and places to check out in the big city. If there is another trip similar to this one in the future, I encourage you to go on it. I know that if this trip is repeated, I would love to go again. There is so much to learn about how to make gains for Jesus, how some of the many religions function, and in general about living for Christ. That being said, nothing's stopping you from learning that here. So you can join Mr. and Mrs. Burley for their street ministry on Wednesday nights and Saturday nights. You can ask them more about that. Um, but the experience definitely gives you more boldness for Jesus. Thank you for your time and praise the Lord. All right, I'll keep it brief because he covered it almost, almost uh, as, as better than I can. So um, just... Uh, we had a wonderful group of uh, folks that were able to go down uh, to New York City. I had the pleasure of doing this uh, this second time with the Burleys and then one other time with uh, Global Gates. And each time uh, you come back excited because you got the chance to, to share and hand out tracts and uh, all stuff, as was pointed out by Christian, can be done here. And uh, so I just pray that we don't lose that uh, excitement and just carry it off into the folks that are here that need to know Christ just as well as the folks down there. One of the things uh, that I do want to share is that the young people that went down there, um, and uh, I count Heidi as one of those, so Heidi <laughs> <laughs> went down there. Yay, Heidi. Um, Heidi, uh, Jillian, uh, Rebecca, and uh, Nathan, Isaac. Christian and 
Josh, um, along with Burleys. But uh, they were prepared. Uh, so they had spent time in their word, and they knew the Jesus Christ uh, that they were telling, trying to tell other people about. So each one of them may have felt challenged as they ran into people that asked them questions they didn't have the answers for, but that's okay. And uh, Richard and Diana helped us out, prepping us in the morning each time, letting us know that we are going to run into things that people are going to challenge us with that we don't have an answer for. But it's okay uh, to just say that, I don't know a whole lot, but I know Jesus Christ, and I love him. And we were able to, to end some conversations that way with some of these guys that they ran into. But uh, just know that uh, any of these folks that you've been able to pour into, uh, your investment uh, is paying dividends. So praise God. And uh, just like this little card, we handed out a bunch of them. It says, no matter who's president, Jesus is king. <laughs> Our final testimony, uh, many of us have been praying for and partnering with the Heath family and wanted to have, uh, yes. I'm, I'm sorry, I wasn't catching that. Okay, yes, pray for the Burleys, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not catching it. I can catch everybody else's signals, but not my wife's. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that's embarrassing. Uh, I'll talk in a second with you. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a great. Now I'm losing it. Um, Laura, would you pray for us? Thank you. Thank you, uh, right, Brian. Would you come up and share what God's done in your life in this past year? Thank you, brother. I apologize for the length. I got four pages, so <laughs> had to keep everything in chronological order. Um, so my testimony uh, is gonna is about my last this last year. Uh, and um, the uh, journey of 
employment issues, health issues, and but um, God is good, and not just because this was a happy ending um, for me and my family, but um, because um, what God did to me during the journey to bring me closer to Scripture, uh, closer to Him, and uh, so uh, a year ago, uh, last July, uh, late July, I was working in my old job for a Connecticut-based company. I was the only employee uh, in New Hampshire. I worked in a dirty, dingy warehouse, um, the only employee, and operated a crematory. Real fun job, but it's something I'd been done, been doing for uh, 20 years or so uh, for a couple of different companies. Um, it's kind of, I, I tend to uh, be a creature of routine and habit and um, it was something I kind of fell into 20 years ago or so, uh, did it, uh, did it fairly well, and um, I just kept going it, and I probably would have kept going um, thinking, you know, another 10 years of retirement. So um, late July, I had a call from uh, my employers down in Connecticut, mentioned about how they were wanted to give me a heads up that they were thinking that the um, uh, they were going to have to close the location down. Uh, it was losing a lot of money. Um, the numbers that we were doing there uh, weren't sufficient, and they just wanted to make me aware that I might want to start looking around for something else. So that came as quite a shock. I um, uh, had never um, been fired from a job before or terminated or let go. Um, four years earlier, the uh, company uh, sold my side of the business that I worked in to the, this company out of Connecticut. So at that time, I thought maybe I'd have to be looking for something, but it worked out, and, and uh, I just kind of went along with the sales. So um, I um, initially did not get too concerned, which was probably a mistake on my part, but um, I figured the numbers would pick up and that things could change, and um, I guess I, it was part denial, too. I didn't want to believe that I was going to, um, you know, be out looking for work uh, somewhere else. I mean, what can I do? What, what do I do? Um, so, um, and then as time went on, uh, it got into the winter time, and I... Uh, the company out of Connecticut was nice. They really were extending my time there, uh, even though they were losing money. They, um, I was starting to look more seriously for work. I was applying in a lot of different places. Um, nothing was really uh, clicking. A lot of emails that were thank you but no thank you. Um, started feeling a little bit run down. Uh, was getting a little bit anxious. Um, and... Um, the um, had an opportunity. I applied for uh, something to come up with a post office, and I uh, I had been talking to a friend uh, who worked at, at the post office in Suncook, and he was cluing me in on how he got in there and said it might be a good opportunity for me. So I I studied up. I took the exam. I passed the exam for a rural carrier, and I was 
getting closer to going to for some training to and I, it looked like I might be become post office employee uh, and uh, but then um, I got uh, sicker uh, and um, every day I felt run down I was nauseous and I just I didn't know what was going on and um, the um, March 15th had come and gone and, and that was then at that time when they finally pulled the plug completely and I didn't have a job so um, the um, um, the rundown feeling continued I finally was so frustrated and I one morning I was like taking out on Wendy, which I shouldn't have, but I, I just said, I, I don't know what's wrong. I can't deal with this. And she said, why don't you just go to walk-in care and have them check you out? So I did. And I went there. They took an X-ray. They had some concern. They went, sent me right up to Concord Hospital, and um, they did a CT scan. And the doctor came back um, and said that you're going to need to see a specialist. I can't rule out that you might have cancer. Um, and so that kind of hit both of us, you know, like a gut punch. I mean, that was, I mean, in the kind of business I did, I, I dealt with death, but um, it was kind of hard. You never, I, I just never thought that it would be something that I would be looking in the face at. So, uh, and so that was like on a Wednesday morning into the afternoon and then um, we were meeting with a specialist Friday morning um, I have to admit that those two days were probably the longest two days of my life and I'm sure Wendy's too um, and I, I read the Bible I admit that I don't read it as much probably as I should uh, and uh, it's common that um, when things are going good, it's easy sometimes to um, uh, rely on yourself uh, when you know you should be relying on God. And um, I often said, why is it that um, bad things happen to good people sometimes? And not just me, but others. And um, I wonder sometimes if uh, God's testing us and is using us to... Uh, bring us closer to him and using us for another purpose because he has his, everything all planned out for all of us and I know that um, so um, once we were looking at this issue with uh, possible lymphoma and uh, the post office thing kind of had to take a back seat and so I had to back out of that so yeah my potential post office career was put on hold. Um, and so Friday morning, uh, Wendy and I went down to meet the specialist, and he had the, the CT scan, and he decided to want to talk about, tell us all what this meant and all these colors and things. And, and I, I got a kind of a kick out of it. Wendy just kind of all of a sudden said to him, does he have cancer or not? <laughs> she, she wanted to. And he said... <laughs> so he said no it's my opinion that that there was it was something else called sarcoid that I had but which was was livable with it but it was not cancer so obviously that was a big relief um, 
continued on um, and got set up with unemployment, kept applying, applying for different places, had interviews. Um, nothing, you know, nothing happened. Um, and um, I learned that uh, I was drawn closer to um, the Bible um, and Scripture and taking more time in my day to read because I had a lot of time because I was home. And, uh, um, but um, it increased my faith in, uh, in God um, because you realize you're broken. Um, you feel worthless. I was, uh, you know, I was anxious um, and still not feeling 100%. And I just, um, um, you know, I would read, I read Job again. Um, and just um, different scripture. I have a couple here that um, uh, James uh, 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith pr- produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And um, Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, so um, what, what good comes out of, of what I was going through? I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but um, I think um, two things that come to mind are growth and glory. Uh, my spiritual growth improved, um, and then uh, glory for God. Um, he um, he draws me closer to Him. I I know I can't control anything. I, I sometimes like to think I can, but it, it's about Him, and He's in control of everything. And He had a place to put me. I just had to be patient and wait to see where that place was going to be. Um, so um, I'd gotten through a lot of the health issues. Um, at the very end, uh, we were getting ready for vacation in early July. I didn't feel good then, too. Um, I kind of ruined the vacation for my wife. She was looking forward to camping, but I just felt like crap. And um, turned out it was blood pressure issues, and it was making me... My whole my system was upside down, but so came back, went back to the doctor, got that straightened out, and um, in the meantime, I had uh, sucked it up enough to uh, dress up in a suit and tie and go to an interview in Manchester with Comcast, and um, was you know fingers crossed and and. Uh, very nervous, but I went in and I interviewed, and um, I thought it went well. I, um, at the end of the interview, I asked uh, um, Todd, who interviewed me, um, just out of curiosity. I've had other interviews, and they tell me I'm like one of 20 or one of 15, and um, how many was this time, 20, 25? And he said, no, there was four. So I was kind of excited because I thought it was better odds. <laughs> 
But, um, uh, and so a couple days went by and, you know, again, still kind of in limbo. But um, then uh, my phone rang. I picked it up and I was dealing with uh, the late, a lady named Kathy who was the Comcast talent acquisition person, HR person. And she said that um, Todd was blown away by my interview and uh, she, they wanted to offer me the position. So I was like, uh, amen, praise God. And um, it, uh, the best thing is, is that this, this, is, uh, this building has 850 employees in it. My floor has, uh, I just finished my third week there, um, probably 200 people on the floor. Uh, I was used to only dealing with dead people. No, no, no pun Not to make it trivialized, but, um, and so now I'm dealing with live people, and, and they're friendly, and you come in in the morning, and they, they say, good morning, Brian, and how was your night, or how was your weekend, and it's just, it's like, you don't know how much that has improved um, your mental state, and, um, and it improves your health. And you just can't help but feel like it, your spiritual uh, well-being is just improved, too. Um, and um, the other thing that um, I wanted just to touch on, lastly, was um, the power of prayer. I know um, that there's a lot of people uh, uh, in this church family and uh, you know we all call it a church family because it is um, that we're praying for me and my family and uh, I you you can't know how much that means to us and uh, we can never thank you enough um, because um, we know full well the um, the outcome of power of prayer we've seen it many instances Um, and um, uh, people texting me scripture, um, you know, encouragement. Uh, it was just tremendous. And, you know, one of my favorite, um, uh, somebody texted me the scripture, and it really became my favorite one. It's Deuteronomy 31 8. Uh, I remember before I went to the interview with Comcast, I was very, very nervous. And because um, it seemed like it was a good, real good opportunity, and, and I just didn't want to blow it or, or mess up on it. Or, but um, 31 8 in Deuteronomy says, It is the Lord who goes before you, He will be with you, He will not leave you or, <coughs> excuse me, or forsake you. <coughs> Do not fear or be dismayed. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, and so I knew that. Um, I wasn't going there alone. It was God was going uh, in front of me and before me, and I walked the path and followed Him, and uh, all things would uh, be in His hands, and I would trust that it would turn out well. And and um, uh, I know He's always faithful to us, and I just um, uh, like I said, I. I'm in his hands, and I know that he would never let me go. It's another one of my favorite verses in John 10, 27. Um, but 
Um, so it was a happy ending, um, but I think the best part of, of the journey was realizing that you're broken and realizing that you need to um, um, give everything to God and it draws you closer to him in scripture and in prayer. And uh, uh, I don't take those things for granted anymore. And uh, I really try to make a huge effort to um, using on my phone uh, with the Bible apps, but um, to uh, read a lot of scripture and or uh, now I have a longer commute to Manchester. So I have I have time for audio books and like the Bible on audio. <laughs> so that's good, too. So. But uh, so that's my testimony, and just that praise God, He's an awesome God, and and uh, um, just um, that He used me. Uh, hopefully, He used me. Uh, that maybe um, that I affected somebody else somewhere along the way, um, and uh, um, again, just like I did with when I used to work with the other company. Um, I'm not afraid to talk about our church and our faith. You know, you have to be careful sometimes with a new company and, and people, uh, different denominations and faiths, but um, I'm not afraid to, uh, to talk with them if they wish to. So, um, so that there might be openings there even too. So that's my testimony. Man, I was thinking of all the different people that could pray with you and for you. Uh, different people have gone and walked the same road that you have. Uh, but I just felt God was leading me to ask Ernie to, to pray. Would you pray for Brian and for the Heath family, Ernie? Yes. Thank you. Hey, family, you've been great. Thank you for a wonderful evening together. Uh, I will watch over you as you go home and you rest. And remind yourself of your awesome big God who never slumbers nor sleeps. And that you actively laying in your bed night is just one more declaration that you can say, I'm not God. I can't control it. You are. You have to run this because I'm closing my eyes. I'm sleeping. And you are God and I am not. And then you worship in that place. Pray God would give you a good rest tonight. Great work week to be leading to someone else's life is good for all that time. We love the big family and we can get to help you spiritually through those. God bless you, see you soon.